We're going to have periodically as we talk some slideshows going up here, uh, pictures of our group. But challenge this year, the theme was bold moves. And we learned a couple moves, a couple postures um, that we talked about over the course of this week. We're going to tell you about those. We're going to show you them first. Can I get a volunteer from up here to show us how to kneel? Thank you, Owen. Okay, so first posture was kneel. Stay there. Can I get somebody to stand? Easy one. Good. Tall kid. Okay. Second one was stand, and the third one was walk. Can somebody do a walk for me? Frozen walk. Oh, I I can't walk like that. Okay. Um, All right. So we played a little game while we were at Challenge to learn and memorize these postures. So if you're willing, if you're a little kid or a big kid or a young adult or an old adult and you're willing to mess around with me a little bit, would you stand and get a few, would you stand and would you just copy, come on, us two guys, um, and there's a, there's a prize in this game, okay? This is, this is for everybody, okay, all right, so pick, pick one of these to imitate, all right? Pick either, and could you put the game webpage up there? Pick either a kneel, I know not all of us, but I don't always feel like kneeling, or stand, that's an easy one, or give me a frozen walk pose, okay? So everybody pick a pose. Are we all standing? Everybody pick a pose right now, right now, okay? All right, okay, pick a pose, freeze, and go ahead and click on that screen. Okay, if you are standing, you are still in. If you were doing anything other than standing, you can sit back down. Okay? All right. We weeded some people out. Okay. So if you are still in, if you were standing, pick another pose. Either stand, kneel, or walk. All right? Pick it now and go. Walk. Okay. If you were walking, you were still in. And we've got only a few people left. So why don't you, if you're still in, Come on up to the front here. Come on down. Ben, you can go on down. Yeah, all right. And then I'll steal Ben's seat. No. Um, All right, okay. Come on up to the front. All right, so we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people still in. Okay, pick a pose, stand, kneel, or walk. Ready, go. One kneeler, one walker, a bunch of standers. Walk! Did we only have one walker? Bonnie, you're the winner! You win this marvelous Global Fingerprints t-shirt. Congratulations. Keep walking with the Lord. Oh, yeah, we should show... Wait, wait, wait. We should show them what it is. Sorry. I'll give it back to you, but I want to show it. Glo- oh, I'll chase you down. Global Fingerprints is um, the EFCA's uh, sponsoring a kid in another country program, and you win a wonderful T-shirt by them. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for messing around with us a bit. We'll put the slideshow back up, um, and we have some... Yeah, that was, a, that was a game that we played, like several, several nights in our gatherings there, so we had a lot of fun. We wanted to come back and share it with you. Um, so we've had some 
kids and adults up here who have volunteered to tell us a bit about what we did at Challenge, um, what their favorite parts were, kind of some of the things we got to do and learn. So we're going to go ahead and give them a chance to do that now. Do we have an order or do we want to just pick volunteers? Okay. Um, oh, yeah, we have mics to pass around here, right? Dalton, okay, so Dalton's holding a mic. Dalton, you and a couple others wanted to talk about the Apex experience. So would you get us started talking about that? Yeah, okay. Um, so this year, uh, the Apex movement was um, to raise awareness on how um, refugees from Syria are um, doing. So, so we, what we did is we walked in a room and we went down the hallway and we came to the first room and it was decorated like a, um, a town. It was Lebanon. Lebanon. And it's the only country in the Middle East that's um, Christian. Uh, I mean, I mean, evangelical, right? No? Yeah, okay. But so, and he talked about um, the, the country and showed us pictures of how green it is and talked about how the the society works. They said that um, in the Middle East, family is everything. Family is, everyone stays as a family. If a person in the family is sick, then the whole family drops what they're doing, their work, and goes to the family and uh, takes care of them. And then um, when we were at that uh, room, we got stickers, and they were all different colors, red, green, and white, or something like that. And... uh, (laughs) And that represented our family for uh, the next couple booths. And he said, okay. and um, yeah, so he told us to stay with our families. And then we went to the next one, and it was um, outside of a mosque. And he talked about um, uh, like the different parts of the uh, Jewish religion and uh, Islam, Islam religion and how the... Uh, how different ways how they prayed and uh, different stuff like that. And he talked about his experience because everyone at the booth has been to the Middle East, and he talked about his experience over at the Middle East. And then the next room we went to was decorated like uh, how a house would look. So there's lots of pillows on the ground that you had to sit on. And there was a, there was a girl there that talked about um, her family situation and her experience there too. And I'll give it to Laura who will finish it off. So while we were at the person's house, somebody came, which was in Syria, somebody came barging through the door and told us to run. So we ran down a really long hallway right into a Syrian refugee camp where me and Ben both got arrested because our immigration papers weren't proper. And so after we got that all straightened out, we went in, and they were yelling at us in another language, so we had no idea what we were doing. It was really scary. And I was just laughing hysterically because I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) So it was, we didn't understand what they were saying. They wanted us to grab things, but we didn't know what they wanted us to grab. A couple of us got sold for money, and it was really crazy. (laughs) And it was definitely an experience, and it was really interesting to see what it would be like living in a Syrian refugee camp. And it was just the tiniest, tiniest sliver of what it would be like and how much those people need help. All right, so I'm going to finish it off. Uh, Again, touching on what Laura was saying, 
um, you hear about these, these situations in the news and things like that, but you don't get the full experience, which is what this was, and we didn't get the full experience. We got the bare sliver of it, like Laura said. And it's really eye-opening seeing um, what these people go through for every day, for years sometimes. Um, so after that, we went into a room to kind of reflect on everything that we'd learned. Um, they showed us some statistics and had us just kind of talk about and consider what we'd learned and what we'd gone through. Um, as Laura said, it was a very confusing, uh, frightening experience, different language, like the whole nine yards. And uh, so after that, um, they asked us to dig a little deeper and to sort of consider things within ourselves um, that we should be leaving behind and uh, lifting up to God instead of focusing on and letting, us, letting, it, letting them hold us back. Um, so um, we had to write these things on the sand in a little trough of sand and brush them away to sort of symbolize um, laying them down before God. Um, so then we moved on to a room um, where it was focused on taking the next step, uh, figuring out what our bold move would be, as that's the theme. Um, so after we'd laid down whatever was holding us back, they now asked us to pick something that we would do in our lives going forward in the next two years to... Um, to grow stronger with God and to, and to use what we have for the glory of him. And so, altogether, the Apex experience is really, um, really special. It's eye-opening, as, as said before. Um, it's just a really good experience. Um, yeah. And so, um, another thing that I'm going to talk about is one of our equipping labs that a bunch of us went to called Created to Create. And uh, this was... It was hosted by one of the bands that played there, so it was interesting hearing from other creatives. And they sort of, they talked about um, using our gifts and our talents to glorify God and to make him the main focus. They touched on um, things such as uh, knowing truly who God is and letting him work through you rather than you working alone and that reflecting in work and in what you produce and stuff. And during another speaking um, there was the theme of create more than you consume, which a lot of us really resonated with um, in this modern day. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks. Um, yeah, so that the first thing they talked about was what's called the Apex Experience. This is something our group signed up to do one day while we were there where we got to learn about and experience some of what it is like to be a refugee um, in, in the world today, which is a really um, a timely issue going on here. And then Ben mentioned the labs. Uh, every, every day after, between our big gatherings, there were breakout equipping lab sessions where you could go deeper and learn about other stuff. Um, and all of our kids attended a few of those. Um, and, and Matt actually taught a couple of those. And I think he's going to share with us a short bit about that. Thank you for praying for me. I asked for prayer a lot because I was real stressed out before going about speaking. I spoke twice on resisting gossip and uh, felt like they went, those, those talks went well. Um, I probably had a hundred teenagers and some youth leaders in each of those rooms and I presented the, the, uh, the biblical teaching on what gossip is and how to not do it and, uh, and what, what the Lord needs to do in our hearts. And uh, one of the teens came up to me afterwards because I was feeling a little defeated okay, how did that go? I have no idea. Teens are hard to read sometimes. And one of the young ladies came up and she said, that was the most helpful thing I've learned all week. I know I can immediately put it to work in my life. So that was really encouraging. Thank you for praying. 
And then the other two times I spoke were on the problem of suffering. It was called Why God? And it was not so much like uh, trying to explain the answers to the kind of the philosopher's questions about evil and suffering, but more of a pastor's heart for people that are going through a hard time. And so I presented about how the biblical, um, the Psalms of Lament and how God has given us these songs to sing when times are hard and how Jesus himself sang those songs. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me at the cross? Or he was echoing one of the Psalms of Lament. So I spoke to, uh, to two groups. There was a, a, a young lady in one of my uh, talks whose uh, mother had died a month before coming. She's maybe 16 years old. Her mom had died a month ago, and she was there at Challenge, and she was in my talk, and I was able to encourage her and, and help her with this um, struggle with suffering in her life. I want to say one thing about the Apex experience, um, and that is that Apex, uh, if you remember, Peter Bors was here in April. Peter is a missionary with Reach Global, and he works with Apex, which is the student ministry's arm of Reach Global. So when you hear our students talk about Apex, that's our, our mission uh, and specifically the young people involved in mission, both domestically with short-term trips and internationally with, uh, with uh, college-age trips uh, overseas. And I think, it, I think when, they, when uh, Holly and Cody asked, who wants to talk about something that happened at Challenge, about half of them would have raised their hand and said the Apex experience was really eye-opening for them. And that game we played earlier, that's, we played it here with about 150 people uh, at at Challenge, you play that game with 4,500 people, so it's pretty exciting. And Cody figured out how to make that happen. They didn't give us that game. He came up, he, he coded that into the computer. That's why we call him Cody. It's, it's called after code. So. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Um, one of the things that we did, at, uh, well, the thing we did the most at Challenge, every morning and every evening we had our gathering time, which was getting all 4,500 people together in one big auditorium while we were all getting to our seats. Oh, that, that auditorium right there. It was that. That was gathering. Good timing. Slides. Um, and after, you know, playing a silly game like that while people found their seats, um, those gatherings always began and ended with worship. Uh, and Jeremiah offered to tell us a little bit about um, the worship experience. So the two bands that were performing were Seventh Hour and Urban Rescue, which Seventh Hour would perform in the mornings and Urban Rescue in the evenings, except for the last day where it was Seventh Hour both times. But so the music was really good. It got you excited. It got you motivated. It kept you kind of ready for what was coming next. That's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and a lot of, raise, raise your hand, our kids, if you got to meet one or both of those bands. So that was cool. They stuck around the merch afterwards, and we got a chance to come and meet and talk to them. That was really cool. Um, we would have great speakers at the huddles, and we're going to get back to, or at the gatherings, and we're going to get back to those in a moment and talk about a couple of them. Um, but then after, and this is something that I love about Challenge, after those gatherings, are done. They have space carved out before they've got you doing anything else where you go to your huddle. Uh, what's a huddle? Uh, Mei-Chen offered to tell us what a huddle is. So, okay. <laughs> so basically 
in the huddle, we would talk about what we learned from the speakers and what we liked, and then we would apply that to our lives personally and as a whole, and then we would end with prayer. And that was a really uh, awesome time to get to really process that information and help it kind of stick with us and be actionable in our lives. Um, we had then had a really cool sending huddle, which is our last huddle at the very end of the week where we talk about how we're going to take this home and go forward with it and not just leave it as a mountaintop experience there. And that was a really cool uh, experience for me seeing our kids. They, they were excited and had more ideas and more enthusiasm than, than I could even bring to the table. It was really incredible time. One of the other things that we got to do while we were there was um, take advantage of some outreach opportunities. So when wherever, uh, whatever city challenge is in, we try to make sure that we are a blessing to that city as well, that they're not just being a good host to us, but we are bringing something to them. Um, so Thomas is going to tell us a bit about our service opportunity. Okay, so on Tuesday of last week, we went out to a community garden, um, and we were out with another group from Iowa, um, so there's a lot of us, 30 plus, and we all just went out there, and we split up into two groups, and we had one half of us mulching and the other half weeding, and we got done like an hour early, like it was... Like 40 minutes. 40 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah 40 minutes. Um, and we just worked really hard on that, and uh, the garden managers, they, to my knowledge, they, like, didn't know why we were there, where we were from, because they, like, assumed that we were, like, college students or high school students looking for community service, and then, like, I don't remember which of us, like, told them, like, what we were about and everything, mm-hmm. but it was a really uh, sort of humbling experience to, like, help out with the community and everything. Um, I know that, oh, wow, um, in total, we haven't, yeah, we didn't show the video with the statistics. In total that week, 14,000 total hours were put to community service, and a, an estimated $360,000 worth of financial impact was done. Awesome. Um, so that was one day that we got to get out into Kansas City and do some some hard work and meet some people and help out. We also got an opportunity to take our kids kind of out on our own in the city for a day. Um, there's some pictures of that that may have already come up, or they will. Uh, we got to take them uh, riding on a free streetcar, which was pretty cool. I think that was the first public transportation a couple of our kids had taken. Um, took them to a historic train station, Union Station, that was really cool. Um, got to see a World War I memorial, which was pretty impressive. And um, got to visit a money museum at the Kansas City Federal Reserve, which was really interesting, too. Oh, that's the train station right there. Uh, good timing, slides. Um, so it was really cool, too, just being in Kansas City um, outside of the conference, getting to have some cultural experiences for our students, getting to know the city. And Jeremiah had a couple things he was going to tell us about um, culture and history in KC. So while we were there, I decided to research a bit. So we were in a hotel, and there was the lower floors. There's a picture somewhere of them. But they looked really old, like the architecture just seemed old. So I decided to research our hotel, 
which it turns out the hotel we were staying in was over 100 years old and uh, was considered the Western White House at one point for how many presidents stayed there. Some people that stayed there was Elvis Presley, the Beatles, Helen Keller. Um, Truman considered it his second home, also Babe Ruth. And that was really cool. Also, it was the main feature of Kansas City at one time. So that, I got to learn a lot about Kansas City, which was cool. Oh yeah, the Money Museum. There they had uh, Truman's entire presidential coin collection. He really liked Kansas City because he gave it to the bank. But it had coins from every presidency, all the coins that were being minted, which allowed us to see a lot of the old coins. There's also a gold bar you could try to lift. That was quite heavy. And there was a counterfeit test. You could see if a money was counterfeited. And we got bags of money that the mint deemed unworthy that they had shredded which was roughly $160 worth of money, mm -hmm. I think it was, that was worthless at this point, but was once in circulation. That was pretty cool. Um, and the beds uh, are very springy at this hotel. I, I think that uh, you might want to ask some of the kids about uh, how springy are these beds afterwards. <laughs> I, think there, I saw some belly flops uh, along. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to go into to talking about um, our bold moves a little bit. Before we do, um, from our group, anybody have a, a favorite moment or a highlight that they really want to share um, that we've, we've missed out? Over here. Owen. So there was these Trinity centers for, like, the Trinity College where you could go and do a bunch of cool stuff they had every day they had a challenge you could do and for the last day it was a dare challenge you'd pick a dare out of a bowl yeah. and you'd have to do something my dare i forget what it was but what dalton had to do he <laughs> had <laughs> yeah. he had to reenact a scene from his favorite movie which was avengers which is when Hulk throws around Loki like a rag doll. I was Loki. <laughs> That's awesome. And that was not in my room, so. Um. One, one neat thing about Trinity, Trinity is one of the partners. Uh, that's our school there in Deerfield, Illinois. At the conference, they gave away a full-ride free tuition scholarship to one of the students that was there. So somebody came in, put their name on a sheet of paper, and they walked away with four years of college uh, as, as a gift. It was really neat. Pretty cool. It wasn't one of us this time. Something else I would like to say about Trinity is the students that were there were really nice. I have been looking at going to Trinity, so they're really nice at answering all my questions, and it was really nice to get to know them. They had a lot of fun games, too, like Giant Jenga, which was a pain to set back up after you toppled it over. Oh, yes, they had the jelly bean challenge where you spun a wheel and you, um, the jelly bean was either flavored like something like black licorice or skunk spray. Fruity, fruit flavored or boogers flavored. That was interesting. <laughs> Thank you. Anybody else? All right. So our three bold moves we learned about, as I said, were Neil, 
stand and walk. Our last day, we got um, Matt Reagan, who is a great speaker, talking to us about walking. Um, and we're going to let Michaela tell us a little bit about that. If we can get her mic. So if any of you know, I could sit here and talk about challenge for hours, but I won't do that to you because I already have in the past. But so this year we had phenomenal speakers and we all like we all had different favorites and different ones that we really loved. But it was a consensus that we all really enjoyed Matt Reagan speaking and we got to hear from him twice. Actually, it was really exciting and he's just a really great, humble guy. And he would he actually came down. We were all like waiting to go in and get our seats. And he actually was just walking around and came and talked to us. And it was really nice to get to know him a little bit. But he spoke two times and one of the times was about how a lot of people in this time have like their own map for themselves they really want to know where they're going what's their next step what's the direction that they're going to take and sometimes it's you ask god like why am i here what am i doing what is my next step just tell me it would be so much easier and it was a big lesson on being able to let go the plans that you have for yourself and really to be able to seek out what God has planned for you and really to be open to what God's heart is. And we had a huge lesson on God has a heart for people. And sometimes it's really hard in this day and age when you don't really want to go and talk to a stranger. Like that's not like the number one priority on your list. And one of the things that Matt Reagan spoke about was that he's had so many opportunities come out just to like minister to people and it comes in like the most random times and he's just a very captivating speaker and he told us about how he ministered to a person who worked in the McDonald's drive through line. He had a story about how he ministered to two people on a plane, which was a great story. I can't recreate it. It's very entertaining though. You have to ask the kids. They might be able to tell you some about it. So he spoke about all these times where he was kind of unsure and he didn't sometimes feel like he was prepared to speak to these people, but he just had this open heart and he was ready and he was just willing to do what God had for him. And he was able to share the gospel with so many people. And that was kind of our goal. So as we had kneel, stand and walk, it was kind of this walk. You want to walk towards people. You want to serve them and you want to be able to help them. And sometimes serving seems like something so bottom and so lowly to do, but it's what Jesus came here to do was to serve us. So the whole lesson of this week was to be able to go and to walk and to serve people and just have the same heart for people. Um, and then uh, one of the other moves we talked about was standing, um, specifically kind of standing for truth in the world, and Holly's going to tell us a bit about standing. Um, they spent a few gatherings with different speakers on standing then, and um, as, they, as we made our way through the week. And the first night was um, one of the young pastors who was on the video we showed, um, Chris Hilkin, and he, about the, the importance of truth and knowing what you stand on. Um, and they make their way through these progressions of kneel and stand for truth and walk towards people. Because you can't walk if you don't know what you stand for. Um, and one of his good quotes was, if Jesus didn't love us, he would say, pick a door, any door. Pick a life, any life. Pick a truth, any truth. But that's not love, and that's not, that's not the truth. And you have to know what you stand for in, in Jesus. Um, and the next night, they had three speakers talking about truth in um, science, in technology, 
and in sexu sexuality. Um, the, the science speaker um, about how the heavens declare the, splen the splendor of God and science points to God and science is evidence of God and how science and faith work together. Um, he had a good illustration of a scientist climbing the hill of science and striving and striving and working and when he finally reaches the top, finding a group of theologians sitting there and knowing it was God all along. Um, and our, our kids liked that, um, that truth fits together in all areas of the world. And um, also in technology, which I think might have been the same speaker in the lab, um, that being creative is God honoring. And uh, tecton is the word we get for technology, and it was the word described for Jesus as a carpenter. That, so technology is not something to be afraid of, but it is a tool to use and ways to use it for God's glory instead of for our glory and ways to point to him instead of pointing, misdirecting it somewhere else. Um, and Jackie Hill Perry spoke on sexuality. She, we saw her four years ago as one of the artists. She's a spoken word poet. Um, and she also presented that this year, but um, she was focusing more on speaking her story um, is past, she's a past of drug use and homosexuality. And becoming a Christian, she said, doesn't mean that you don't sin. It means that you give your life to Jesus and you find power and satisfaction in him. And that's the most important thing. And he takes care of everything else. Um, we also, a group of us saw a lab with her where she spoke more on that. Um, and so that lab was great. I've got two pages of notes, which I would love to talk on, but I don't think that's, this is the time for it. Um, yeah, that's probably it on stand. Awesome. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and talk just a little bit about kneeling. Uh, before we learned about standing, before we learned about walking, um, we talked about how important it is to kneel. Um, in the sense of kneeling and being willing to serve others, but especially in the sense of kneeling to God and God alone, uh, not kneeling to anything else, making him um, center and Lord over your life and the one that you will submit to uh, and not putting anything above that. We were encouraged to kneel um, for two big reasons. One is because Jesus knelt. Um, Jesus was God, and yet he still would submit to the will of his Father. When he was tempted in the desert, he submitted to the will of God over his needs or his desires um, or what was offered to him there. In the garden um, before the cross, he said, you know, Lord, your will be done, not mine. So Jesus showed us an example of how to submit to the Father, and he was also willing to kneel um, in service to others. Jesus was willing to humble himself and wash the feet of his disciples, which included Judas, who he knew was going to go and betray him. Um, he was still willing to wash Judas's feet. So if we have a Savior who shows us how to kneel and who is willing to humble himself for our sake, that way. Um, we should want to emulate that, and we should be willing and ready to kneel to him as well. We were also encouraged to kneel to God and nothing else, because nothing else is worth kneeling to. Um, there are a lot of other things that we put at the top of our lives, or we 
um, used to define us, to tell us who we are, to give us value, to show us that we're successful and we matter. Um, and those are usually good things. Not many of us worship bad things, um, but they're good gifts from God. And we need to remember to worship the giver of the gift and not worship the gift itself. Um, because those things, those other things that we worship, um, one of the speakers, I think Ben Stewart, told us those things did not make you. They don't know you, and they can't, they can't give you what you need, and they can't tell you who you are. Um, so if you want to go and make your life about standing and standing on truth, but that's what you're kneeling to above all else, then you're going to be finding your value in, in winning arguments. And when you're not changing minds or you, you, you don't succeed, you're, you're going to find yourself feeling short and empty. Or if you want to go out and walk and serve people, but that's what you're kneeling to, that's your pinnacle, then you're going to be trying to serve those people, but you're going to be looking for validation from them to show you that you're worthy. Or, or you're going to be, if, you're not go- if you don't feel that you did enough good or made enough difference, you're going to feel guilt. You're going to feel like you fell short. Um, the end, one of the great things that they told us, I think I wrote down the quote, is whatever, whatever it is you're kneeling to, if it's not God, eventually you will find either disappointment when it is not good enough, or you will find despair when you turn out to not be good enough. But if we kneel to God, what we find instead is a Savior who was willing to come down from his Godship to live among us and a Savior who was willing to sacrifice and die for our sake, uh, and a Savior who didn't leave us alone but sent us his Spirit to be with us always. Um, And in this, he showed us that he loved us. Um, If we kneel to him, he did make us. He can tell us who we are. He can give us what we need. He is good enough. And when we're not good enough, he says, I've got that covered too. Um, I'm going to, we're going to leave you now um, with just one uh, short, one more short video. Uh, It's from a poet, um, David Bowden, uh, Bowden, David Bowden, who um, we've seen at Challenge a couple years. Um, He was a really great speaker and really kind of ministered to us. So we're going to play this one more video real quick as we all go ahead and sit down. If I. This is the condition, the why, the question mark over each of our lives. If. If I. If I am good enough. If I don't mess up too much. If I go to the right church. If I prove to God my worth. If I pray before I eat, if I read scripture before I sleep, if I do enough good works, if I share the gospel with those who search, if I always give it my best try, if I do the most I can before I die, if, 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 if I. Now the problem with these questioning lines is not actually that you're asking if, but that your if is dependent upon your I. Because If you're trying to provide yourself with an equation that assures you of your salvation and you're trying to use yourself as the standard, the cause, the determinant, the foundation, then 
all you will ever get out of your internal interrogations to the question, have I finally done enough to receive salvation, will be a resounding negative declaration No, no, you aren't good enough. No, you messed up too much. No, you did not do enough good works. No, you did not prove to God your worth. No, you didn't give it your best try. No, you didn't do enough before you died. If your if is based on your I, then your assurance of salvation will always be denied. And yet, for every single one of us, this is what we've tried to base our salvation on self-evaluation. But all we ever get out of this arrangement is condemnation. That's why you feel lacking, no matter how hard you try, because your if is based on your I. It's why you feel disobedient, no matter how often you comply, because your if is based on your I. It's why you feel distant, like a misfit, like a second-class citizen. It's why you feel empty, no matter how much you supply, because your if is based on your I. And your I can never measure up to the standard of God on high. And that's not because his standards are awry, but it's because he is perfect and we always fall short of that prize and so there is always condemnation for those who are in I but there is good news there is gospel free to all without price for there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So let's make a new condition. Let's let's ask a different why. With the old one gone, let's fly a freshly drawn question mark over each of our lives. Let's ask a new if to replace our if eyes. Let's ask if if Christ if Christ was good enough. If Christ loved so much, if Christ died to save his church, if Christ rose to give us his worth, if Christ provided bread of life to eat, if Christ fulfilled the scriptures by crushing death beneath his feet, if Christ performed every good work, sought out those who never searched, died the death we should have died, beat the grave to raise us to life, if, 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 Christ. Now, the joy within these questioning lines is that our if is no longer dependent on something that we supplied. Instead, the if of our salvation is dependent on the one who loved us so much that he was crucified. So... Let's abandon our if eyes and run towards if Christ. Let's move from feeling like I'm condemned to say I'm convinced that neither life nor death, neither heights nor depths, not my own faults or mess ups, not my guilt or distrust, nothing can separate me from the love of God because all my ifs Christ answered on the cross. And so we can ask one final if, 
And with it, all condemnation is crushed. If God is for us, who can be against us?